to another edition of Be The Change Georgia, where we amplify the voices of the inspiring leaders surrounding the B Corp and social impact movements across the Southeast to help you learn how to build your legacy at the intersection of people, planet, purpose, and profit. I've heard from many founders in our community who struggle hard to understand the world of investment capital. The language is often confusing, the network seems rather exclusive, and the statistics point to the glaring issues with underrepresented founders receiving equitable consideration for funding. So, what's the deal with this? What needs to change to break molds and approach relationships with VCs? Well, today's episode addresses these issues with the amazing Anastasia Simon. Anastasia is the investment principal at Techstars Atlanta and Techstars Impact, powered by Cox. And I hope you enjoy part two of this conversation with Anastasia Simon. Having somebody like you in the world that is giving, in this space, that is giving good advice, I think that is important. I think we need to realize that entrepreneurship comes in a million different colors, in a million different ways to raise money or or get some, you know, give yourself a runway um, to maybe get off the ground, but not necessarily have to give up everything that you've worked for or you know, just what's right for your situation. Even I mean, speaking from experience, like people always ask me, like, are you going to scale it and sell it? I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> like two years into this, like right now I want to be able to pay myself, um, you know, figuring out what it is you want to do and how you want to do it. And then collecting advice from smart people like you on what is, what are the best paths and what you've seen similar businesses mm-hmm. do. I think that is something that we probably need to preach more of in the entrepreneurship space. Yeah. And I mean, let me be clear too. I'm not saying I give good advice. Like I, I would never say that. Um, like you mentioned Mark Hubbard, Mark and I were talking a while back and I told him whenever I talk to founders, I tell them, look, everybody's got a million opinions. People are going to give you advice. You have to know how to discern what works for you and throw the rest away. You know, you have to know how to discern like what are the patterns in the advice that I'm being given and that I need to act on. And then what is just, thank you for your candor, good day, you know? And I'm, I tell people all the time, I could be wrong. Like I tend to be very hyperbolic and speak with authority. And because of that, people assume that I'm correct. I may be wrong. Like, you know, like anybody who knows me, like, and sits with me and talks personally knows I will say something to you and be like, yeah, like, what was it? I said the other day, I was like, there are more people that live like in the LA metro area than in the whole state of Indiana. And my boyfriend was like, is that true? I was like, I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) And he goes and he looks it up and he's like, no, that actually is true. And I'm like, oh, okay. But it's not like, because when he asked me immediately, I was like, it sounds true. So, you know, so when I'm talking to founders, I'm talking to, I'm talking to you based on my experience as someone who has been an early stage, you know, employee at several companies, as somebody who has been, who's run their own like consulting business and has been the preeminent side hustle queen throughout their entire career, someone who's advised tons of startups, who sits in on all these investor meetings. So I'm talking to you from my experience. I could also be wrong. And if I'm wrong, it doesn't hurt me if I'm wrong. I don't, like, if you come to me, you're like, Asia, what you told me, that was wrong. I'd be like, oh, okay. 
sorry, let's think about what would be right. Let's talk about why it was wrong. Let's figure out how we're going to course correct. Like, I have no qualms about being, I don't think I'm the smartest person in any room ever. Because I think that's like how you go into rooms and you don't learn when you think you're the smartest person in the room. The mic drop. <laughs> um, who else is out there in this space um, that's that's making important change? Like who who in the VC space, like who in this community is having an impact? I mean, obviously we've heard yours um, and it's pretty clear that you are. We mentioned Mark Hubbard's name. But but any any shout outs, any people that you want to kind of throw a little spotlight on? Oh, it's crazy. So it's so many. So most of the people that I connect with, because I'm very intentional about the types of people that I connect with who are investors. Um, there are a couple of female investors that I know who are working really hard to increase diversity and create more equitable funding even though that may not be the the high line of what they're doing, it just is the work that they're doing. They're just saying, hey, we're looking at amazing companies, whether it is this type of founder, that type of founder, and they're still getting to that like 50%, 60% portfolio diversity, whether they're stating it or not. So there's some people I know in that space. I would say some of the people... Some of the people that honestly, that continuously inspire me when I'm talking to them. Um, so I had the the joy of working on the Founder Gym team for their final cohort. Um, and so Founder Gym was the number one platform for teaching underrepresented founders how to fundraise. And their founder then went on to become the CEO of AllRaise and their COO is now the interim CEO at AllRaise. And so... Paige Hendricks-Buckner and Mandela Schumacher-Hodge-Dixon. Mandela has so many names. Love her. So many names. But both of them, like I remember sitting on a call with them and Mandela was like, you are a unicorn and you need to know that that's who you are. And everybody who I know who's like, she's talked to about fundraising and taught those things. They all say the same thing. They're like, you know, she just is really, she pours into you and gives you like that that cheerleader boost you need so you know you can achieve, but she also holds you accountable. So the two of them, Paige and Mandela from Founder Gym, amazing, still doing the work. There's our girl Twana uh, with Tribal Good out in Johannesburg right now. Um, <laughs> like I wish, I love to see it. She and I were talking about how do we take creators people who are actually creating the culture and shaping the culture and get them the business acumen they need so that they can then go out and get access to capital, whether that's dilutive capital, alternative capital, whatever it is that they need to build directionally. Um, and so, yeah, always, always down for her. And it's always like a very productive conversation with she and I jam. A um, couple of the funds that I'm always like championing, there's K4 Capital, there's Emmeline Ventures, um, what is it? Open venture. So it's uh, in they're looking at the Midwest. So there's tons of like VC firms actually that are out there that are looking for these overlooked founders and they're looking for them who are building like bomb businesses. Like at the end of the day, it's like you can fit the like the quotas per se that people are looking for, or you can fit the identities and those intersectionalities that people want to invest in. But I'm sorry if your business is not venture back with the math ain't math and they're not investing you know but yeah like I could like 
if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see the people that I interact with and that I retweet and I'm constantly, because there's so many people I could name because I'm intentional about creating a community where we really want to see everybody win. Like, I don't believe in creating communities where it's competition and about collaboration. It's like the women at It All Media, uh, Casey Lett Gordon and Katie Mullins, like love them, love them, you know? But again, it's because we all are trying to create real change and we're all moving together and complaining together about it too. So <laughs> you need people you can complain with, <laughs> you know? I love it though. I mean, it's, it's, you find yourself surrounding yourself with a, abundance mindset people. Yes. Corn and I talk about abundance mindset all the time of just, and how toxic scarcity mindset thinking people, just how quickly can I, can I get you out of my life, my circle, my spheres? No. And it's funny you mentioned that I was talking to one of our partners at Cox um, about a week ago, we were having lunch and we were talking about abundance mindset and we were saying how when you've been on a team, like I've been on a team where it's just me and the two founders at a company, you get used to wearing 50 different hats and you have no idea what a workload should be because you're used to managing so many different roles. And she was like, that's that's a scarcity mindset. And I'd never heard anyone say that, that like, that is a scarcity mindset. Like as a founder, you're used to having to do it all yourself because you don't have like teammates. You don't have tons of cash coming in. But so then you close around and you're like, I need to hire people. And you don't feel confident that they're going to get the job done. And you don't feel confident because you're now delegating work to other people that maybe you should never have been doing in the first place because you're not good at it but you're still trapped in that scarcity mindset of I can't move the needle because I can't pay these people because what if something bad happens? I can't move the needle because I'm the only one that can do it because I'm so used to doing all of the things. That's all scarcity mindset. And that is how you end up burned out. Like as a founder, you end up burned out because you're stuck in a scarcity trap that makes you controlling when you really need to think from an abundance standpoint and say, if I give this work to this person, they will do well, they will thrive because this is what their area of expertise is. And it'll also allow me to create up more space so I can focus on the things that will bring in more capital into the company. Like that's mm. abundance mindset. You know? Wow. Um, I don't want to end it there. I want to ask you one more question, but I feel like I should end it there. Oh, but, oh, um, oh. Oh. No, last question that I have for you is and that might that might have been it. I don't know. We'll see. There's a bunch of audio grammable. <laughs> there's a bunch of venture backable moments that if uh, things have come yeah. out of your mouth today. Um, what is what's the one big key takeaway? Like for listeners of this, what's the one? What's the one thing you hope they walk away from this episode with? Ooh, I think like because we talked a little bit about this with being an entrepreneur, and there are many paths, and I think that's really it that there are many paths. There are many paths to success. There are many ways for you to get somewhere. If I'm leaving Pond City Market and I'm going to the airport, there are several different ways I can get to the airport. All of them will involve traffic, but there are several different ways for me to get there. Um, that's like I said earlier, like I don't have an MBA. I do not have the attention span to go back to school right now at the, the age and stage that I'm in. 
but I'm still here and I'm still in venture and I'm still doing well because I followed the path that felt right for me because I was always learning because I was always like, as opportunities came to me, I was always open to accept them. Even if they felt different from what I thought my life should look like or what I assumed life could be. I was always just open to new experiences and I was open to learning from the people who were there in my life to support me and to help me and to teach me. And as a result, my path looks very different than some of the girls that I'm friends with, some of the women that I'm friends with who are in venture right now and are GPs of their own funds. Most of them have either they were a founder into venture or they come from traditional finance background. I didn't do that because that just wasn't my path. And that does not mean that my path was wrong or their path was wrong or any. That's not what it is. I think we need to get out of this mindset of bad and good and right and wrong with things that are in life. Just not that black and white. Like most stuff in life is kind of this amorphous gray. And I think if you lean into the fact that like you're doing what works for you as an individual, for your business. And what feels right at the time, giving yourself the space to choose differently at a future date, because you can always choose differently. You can always choose again. Knowing that you can always choose again and make a different choice and pivot into something, into a different reality. I think that's the one thing I want people to understand that like life is not linear. Like figure out what works for you and, and do that. And like, if it's venture, if it's not venture, if it's entrepreneurship, if it's go and get a job because entrepreneurship is not working for you. Like you can go get a job that doesn't make you a failure. It means you're going to get a steady paycheck every two weeks instead of stressing out about payroll. Like, you know, <laughs> I say that to myself like, every time I'm in the fetal position, cr- cradle. Like, uh, is, uh, <laughs> hey, what, all this would be would be an ego blow. That's it. And then right. I think that, that calms me down every time. It's, it's, it's that you, you, worst case scenario that comes out of entrepreneurship is you tried and you failed and most people will never even try. So you should be proud of that. Yeah. So, and and it doesn't mean you can't okay. try again. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. what I was going to say. Failing is okay. You can always try again. As long as there, what is it like, uh, it's that song smile with Snoop Dogg. He's like, if you breathe and you achieve it, like that's what it is. Like, if you're still here, you can choose again. Like, you can always do something else. You know. Famous last words of wisdom from Snoop Dogg. Um, you breathe, you I love that guy. Um, I love this. <laughs> thanks for in, everybody. Anastasia, thanks for thanks for this is awesome. I mean, seriously, the the, the wisdom you drop. I think the passion comes through. Um, and just the work you're doing, the work that Techstars, which is a B Corp, by the way, most people don't realize that. Yes. Um, the work that Techstars is doing in Atlanta and Birmingham and all over the country is just incredible. Um, and yeah, keep keep on being the change. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to be good trouble. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again for coming by Thanks. and uh, thank everybody for listening. Well, that wraps up another edition of Be The Change Georgia. We're grateful as always for the opportunity to serve you with this content and grow this incredible community of purpose-driven B Corp leaders. If you haven't already, we would be grateful for you to rate the show wherever you get your podcast by simply tapping the number of stars you think it deserves and sharing it with a friend. This helps us get the word out and continue to use our collective influence as a force for good. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening, and now go be a leader worth following.